and in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Tuesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means? It means the boys are here. Hey, real talk, all the boys are here. It's a full day of boys. So today. many boys today. Today's for the boys. Tuesdays are for the boys, Michael. Michael, I know you have to do some technical stuff because we got some friends coming in to join us. Emmanuel McPherson, who you know as Emac, played defensive back for you and him, is going to come and sit down with us. Also, his very good friend is going to join us as well. Jeremy Soto, the owner of Showtime Barbershop, because um, we need to get, Michael, we need to get an official ruling on Van's terrible haircut. That's why That's why we're doing this whole thing. This, You think it's to help kids in the community, but no. We want Jeremy Soto, Showtime, like Barbershop, to come in here and say Van's haircut is not just ridiculous, it's embarrassing to the brand. It is I'm, a word I don't often use, but I'm going to use it freely here. Stupid. Um, it is, okay, this haircut would ruin, you're basically a masterpiece. Like, I know you feel like I'm going down a path here. You're basically the Mona Lisa, right? And then you put that haircut on top of the Mona Lisa, and that's what you currently are. I wish you wouldn't sugarcoat it and tell us how you really feel. It's I'd appreciate it if you'd just be honest. Unarguably, the worst decision you have ever made in your life is the decision that you currently have to be out in public right now with that haircut. And Jeremy Soto is going to come in this in who here, and he's going to talk about that. I can feel it. I can feel that he's going to rave about this masterpiece of a haircut. The Mona Lisa could not be ruined with this haircut. Yes, yes, it could. <laughs> so you, uh, yeah. So we're going to enjoy that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And Emac's got some cool stuff going on in the community. He's got some. He's got some neat stuff with. Helping kids and some athletic stuff, so we're going to talk about that. That'll be a little bit of a laugh, and then we'll follow it up with a lot of a laugh. 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Sports Animal Hotline yeah. and Sports Animal Text Line and give your thoughts on tasteful mullet fades. It's, it's, no. It no. is it's a very tasteful haircut. What you have? Yeah. No. Your haircut is an extra in Trailer Park Boys. Yes. Yeah. Your haircut, You're saying positive things now. You, they took... They took Shorzy from Letterkenny, made his own series, and your guy in the background. Like, okay, that's... You keep saying really positive things. Your haircut is if you tried out for, like, a townie role in the movie Talladega Nights, and they told you you were just too bumpkin. Like, that's your current haircut. Yes, you're describing it perfectly. I don't, I don't see... You were being mean earlier. Now you're just actually describing it. Your haircut is if you try to put a professional's toupee on top of a buzz cut... And then they didn't quite blend together successfully. And there's two tiers. Think like Toad from Mario. Okay, now that's just fighting words. That's I'm just saying the way okay, I see it. That's a personal affront to my barber, Leonard, <laughs> who I'm sure Jeremy knows. So, Leonard, if you're listening right now, uh, text me at 505-246-0610, and I will give you Fred Slow's home address. We are live on the live stream. You can catch us at TalkABQ. And the, uh, I mean, coming in from the texture, yes, your haircut does look like like silly Canadians. So there's, I don't know what that means, but there's a one. Also, we have some fun interviews today. I went to a press conference where Clint Hurdle 
and Todd Helton sat down in front of, well, us, the media, and talked about what their role is going to be with the isotopes and talked about how they're going to come in and kind of help some of the players grow. It was, it was about a 20, 25-minute thing. I cut out what I think is the best 15. So we're going to run that for you today. So you're going to get a little press conference from the isotopes, a little press conference from the isotopes, and it's going to be basically uncut. Obviously, all my questions made the final cut. J.J. Buck had a couple questions. I mean, it was the whole thing. Okay. I wasn't able to be there today because I was packing and shipping friend of the show, two men on T-shirt. It's and in the mail. Packs. It's in the mail. It's in the mail. The first 10 friends of the show who asked for a T-shirt, they all went out today. Aw. So congratulations. If you want a T-shirt, Meet us Saturday us. night. Oh, yeah. sorry. Okay, definitely that too. But also go on the social media, search for two men on or at talk abq like and share our most recent image of me shipping out Ooh. the shirts do that slip slide into our dms now with your t-shirt size and address yeah and you could be part of the next and as round. long as it's a realistic t-shirt size like nothing nothing way out there you know what i mean if you're like freddie i need a 4xe like no you don't need a tent from no. us we're not giving you that no like that's not a thing you get we have regular bell curve of sizes for the t-shirt I'm not going to send you a triple or quadruple X shirt so you can cut it up and make four more shirts no. for your whole family. Yeah, by the Just way. Just ask for four shirts. I'm a big capitalism guy, so I'm into that move. Okay. But no. Joining us at 6 o'clock, or did I get that backwards? So 6 o'clock, we're going to run that interview with Clint Hurdle and Todd Helton. That's going to be pretty good. 515 is a fun one. We sat down with former Major League Baseball umpire Joe West. We talked to Joe West. For like, I don't know, like 15 or 16, 17 pretty good minutes there. He's got a new podcast coming out, uh, the 5460 podcast. It's uh, going to be pretty good. So we sat down and talked to Joe West, and we're going to talk to him. Uh, well, we talked to him about baseball and music and uh, why why St. Louis, Missouri is the best baseball city in the country. We obviously talked about that. So we're going to air that at 515 as your boys will sit back from the live one and give you a little pre-recorded one, which you don't normally do, but we're doing it. A little uh, breaking of the fourth wall, a little behind-the-scenes action. Yeah. I was kind of stoked to interview Joe West. Yeah, he was very nice. Usually it's just work, but me being a baseball dork for a shade under 40 years, mm -hmm. it was really cool. Yeah. And it's a really good interview. Yeah, it was very good. And uh, like we did, we livened it up a little bit, but talked about what he's got going on. So if you are the type who is interested in uh, literal inside baseball, I mean, that's going to be the program for you. And I'd, I'd like to think I've been a baseball fan for 40 years. Yeah. But there was this time in my life, like probably in between zero and two, maybe a little, little further, mm -hmm. where I didn't make my own decisions for myself. So mm -hmm. I'm not counting those. Yeah, like that period in your life where you can't hold up your own neck. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge one. Or, you know, toilet myself. Your boys are on till 6.15 tonight. We hand this broadcast over to the Albuquerque Isotopes as they are home today, Van. Starting a little homestand against Sacramento. That's going to be a good one. Josh Sushan will join us at 545. I said shoe. I do, I've been trying to change that. Sushan. Josh Sushan. Sushan. I've done that more than once. Sushan. Josh Sushan joins us at... Unique New York. Thank you. That's very good. At 545, we're going to preview that a little bit and obviously talk about that press conference today's. There's your little recap. There's your little preview. That's what we got going on. Debo Samuels in the news, man. He's always in the news. He's the only story in the news. He's like he's getting as much attention as Antonio Brown without all the crime. He, <laughs> 49ers. And John Lynch, by the way. I like how John Lynch is like, because he's the GM now. Don't think he's not the GM. GM of the San Francisco 49ers. He's like, Thursday, 
Uh, it'd be hard for me, but if you offered me enough first rounders, I guess Debo and Jimmy are both available. I guess if they gotta be on a Thursday, and you're like John, we you're not being coy. Everyone knows they're available. Every player is always available. Always, just depends on the price. Tom Brady right now is available. Aaron Rodgers, the last three years, has been available. Yeah. Just no one's willing to hit that asking price. And John Lynch is doing – you ever see that, that TV show Shark Tank? Mm-hmm. All right. So NFL is Shark Tank, okay? And he's like, okay, Sharks, I'm looking for two first-round draft picks and a possibility of a 3-4 swap in the future for a 10% gain in your offense. How do you feel? And the NFL's like, well, we actually love that. We don't care about first-round draft picks. Remember when one team said F the draft and they won the Super Bowl? Immediately won the Super Bowl. Now that's the only formula to winning Super Bowls because of recency bias? Every team will give you that. All you have to do, the playbook is there. Get rid of your first-round picks, host the Super Bowl in your home city, boom, trophy. (laughs) That's it. That's all you got to do. It's really quite simple. If you break it down. When's the Super Bowl coming to Albuquerque? Because right. I, I figured it out. So let's go win one. The, all right. So let me make sure I got the math right on this. Get a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Check. Cool. F the draft picks. Check. Which, by the way, fthedraft.com takes you directly to our show's website. Not a joke. Not a joke. Literally does. It literally does. Come see your boys. Then get away all your draft capital. By the way, capital, C-A-P-T. IOL, AOL, I, capital, capital. None cap, of those. Capital. Not a single one that is you it, said. Is it capital or capital? Capital, like OL. What is cap, which one is the credit card? OL is money. AL is a city. Oh, that act, also a letter. That checks out substantially. That makes way more sense. It's easier. Or you could just spell them both. Which I wouldn't know the how same. to do. Would not know how to do that at all. Got my hometown tuning into the broadcast, so we're very excited about that. Recapping this one before we go grab uh, Emac Emmanuel McPherson. We got uh, Emac in after the break. That'll be great. Sure. Cool. Then we're also at the time when we're talking about what he's got going on in the community, including camps and to dos. We are going to be lambasting your haircut because Jeremy Soto, allegedly lambasting, the owner of Showtime Barbershop, will be here as well. That's going to be a lot of fun. Not a paid endorsement. We literally are just doing it to put you on blast. Then Zach McPherson will join us. Z-Mac, who plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to have a conversation with him. about. I'm going to ask about the Wonderlick. You know I've been on the Wonderlick lately? We're going down the Wonderlick path. We're going to do that. And then Joe West in the afternoon, uh, following up in the 5 o'clock hour, Josh Sushan, and then the Clint Hurdle, Todd Helton press conference. There you go. You got a program today. I want to talk McPherson family. How did they pull this off? Okay. Everyone in the family is an elite level athlete. They, well, okay. They, you are correct. We need to put them up against other elite level families. I'm going to come up with a short list. Let's do it. Yeah. So obviously, Skywalkers are going to be on my list. I'm not going to ruin any of the rest of it. Okay. But they are definitely on. Two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We are powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We start our days at the YMCA, and we play on Team I-9. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program. Let's do what we do when we got new boys in here. Welcome, boys. Joining us on the program. 
Emmanuel Emac McPherson, and owner of Showtime Barbershop, Jeremy Soto. Emac, I know you in the world of like you in the world of real estate, you in the world of all that life, and and obviously John Lopez, big proud sponsor of the program. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there bad blood here? Do we need to get anything out ahead yeah, of time? So when I actually started the real estate <laughs> game, I was I was with John Lopez. <laughs> Nice. Um, so no, John's actually the one that showed me the ropes. He's the uh, yeah, he's the absolute best. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just about guy. about the nicest guy. He's really good. Uh, guy. You're here because you guys are doing something, right? You got some camps going on. You're doing skills camps and combines. Talk to us a little bit and talk about us a little bit with working with Bernalillo High School because they got a cool facility out there. Cool facility with a great view. Uh, you know, me and my my partner, best friend, Showtime. Uh, we wanted to do something special, and uh, we figured, you know, Showtime. We, had we, to, we've been talking about it for a long time. Yeah, you know, so he he had the vision. You know, between the both of us, we had the connections to get it done. We just kind of wanted to give Albuquerque something that, you know, they've ne- never ha- has had before. Um, sure. And, you know, we decided to bring a camp, uh, have a few special guests come down, and there you go. have a nice little show. Now, Showtime, talking about vision, I mean, obviously you got a pretty good set of eyes. You're a barber. Will you do me a favor? Just glance over your left shoulder real quick. We right, look at this thing go. right here. What? Look what Van's got going on. Now, is this the worst thing you've ever seen on a human head? Like, physically think, walking around this no, city? No, it's not. You'd be surprised. <laughs> you would be surprised. Look, it doesn't even mold in the back. It's like just only on, it's like a side. You look like a stegosaurus. See, see this if is it was the thing. What I see is I see the potential. I see what it could be. See, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah you take notes here. <laughs> I see what I could do with it. My boy needs to grow. Putting my boy Leonard on blast. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so talk to me about the Schmack Athletics. Talk to me about what's going on, SHMAC. Uh, talk to me about – give me all the details on the camp so everyone gets it before they get out of the car. So real quick, the Schmack came from, obviously, from my name and his name, Showtime and Emac. And uh, like we said, we had a vision. Um, you know, I, I have a son that plays sports, so – I've taken him to so many camps, and, and our whole thing was we wanted to try and bring something here that you would normally have to travel outside of Albuquerque to get, you know, with, with all the people and, and the guests and stuff like that. Because there's those kind of people here. You know, we have that. We have those options here. We have all that stuff here. So we just – it was just time to put it together, you know. Time to get it done. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to it, man. You know, we – I was blessed to kind of have a nice little platform platform around me. Um, and, you know, we just wanted to use that to kind of give back to Albuquerque. So, Emac, I, I know you can see on your screen right now, you got Emac in the house. You know, your brother Z-Mac is going to be joining us next segment. Mm-hmm. On the Facebook live stream, uh, I went and titled myself V-Mac, V-Mac. today. V-Mac, man, why not? <laughs> on, honorary member there of the fam Look, at we'll, least for 30 minutes. We'll be proud to have you. <laughs> I, I'm really excited to see where, you know, your love of sports came from and, like, how your family does it because it's a, it's an amazing family. Let me pivot towards Jeremy right now first. Where did where did your love of sports come from and your passion and you know using sports to help the community? So basically, I was basically born into it. I didn't have a big family like this guy, but you know from from day one, I was I was all about it. I played every sport. I played at all levels. I actually played college basketball, professional basketball, and then once we got together, uh, I was in. I played what, one year of arena football. So I've just always been around it. It's just something that I absolutely love. And and now that I have kids, it's like a lot of parents like to live through their children. Like that for me, that that chapter's done. But giving back and coaching and stuff like that—that's that's where we're at now. And that's kind of like that's my new chapter, my new competitive aspect. Coach B says, "What's up, boys?" Coach so B. So there you go from yeah. the yeah. from the live God. chat from the live text. Coach B. All right, so. God. BMAC, you were you were a Lobo from what, 09 to 13? Do I got that right? Yes. All right, secondary, obviously laid some hits, do, do the thing, made some plays. Um, after you got away from the game, 
still had that competitive edge, though, right? You still had that want to get out there and go. Like, how do you how do you kind of curb that? How do you curb uh, that that competitiveness? Not necessarily want to get back out and play again, but right. You know the, the the mindset of a football player. You know that's the mindset you have for the rest of your life, whether it's in the workplace. You know your daily nine to five, whatever you're doing, you know, you just kind of wake up and you're a natural competitor. So, you know, now I just try to be the best we can be in all we do. And, uh, you know, that's the goal. So right now we just figured like, man, we, you know, we've been there. Let's figure out a way to, 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 to pass that competitive nature on to other people or other kids in this case and, you know, help to help them grow. There you go. I mean, I love everything about that. Speaking of being the best you can be, the Schmack Athletic Skills Camp, what are you going to help these young athletes do? What are they? What are they learning? Is it? Is it body stuff? Is it brain stuff? Is it a little bit of everything? A little bit of everything. Bit of everything. Like, with the people that we have coming, you're going to get knowledge, experience, like you know these things that these kids have no idea. You know, in the big city, you can run into a guy, and, and it's you know it's a different different aspect. Here, you don't really see those kind of people. And so, so for these kids to see guys that have done it, you know that that's just going to be huge for them. It's going to make them feel a lot better. And then with the camp, just you know. All the training, the drills, just stuff coming from guys that have been there and done, and done it. You know, right. it, give me ages though. Like, what what are the age groups we're looking at, and how are you splitting them up? First day it'll be three through eighth grade. Okay. Second day will be high school. Oh, that easy. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna do one day uh, for each session, and, okay. and then the high school group is gonna be a lot more competitive. Well, what's it? It's gotta cost like a thousand dollars a kid, right? It's gotta be. It's gotta be like way up there. <laughs> nah, nah. It's a hundred bucks a kid. Oh, okay. You know, and and the kids are gonna get camp shirts. We're gonna give out awards. Oh, heck yeah! You know, we're gonna try to do as much that we can to give back as possible. Love everything about yeah, that. Okay, so this is the inaugural. This is the start. First annual start. Oh my god, you nervous? Like, what's up? I mean, there's like. I think at first we were kind of nervous, but I think we're past that now. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just ready to get going and, and getting making that decision to actually like. Yeah. Pull the plug. Here's the Let's date. Get going. I'm like, I, you know, I remember we told. I told him. I said once. Once we announce that we're going to do this, like, there's no going back. Like, you got to do this. July 2nd and 3rd is the camp. Uh, obviously, you said 3 through 8th grade will be on the 2nd, and then the 3rd will be your high schoolers. Mm -hmm. So you go out there, and what you're going to do is you're going to refine skills, you're going to learn skills, you're going to learn a lot, not just about at the game, but adjacent to the game. What else can these young athletes expect at, at the event? So, you know, it, it's a, it's a one-day camp for each age group, uh, you know, so time will be limited on working. I think – the biggest aspect of this camp is giving these kids a chance to go up to an NFL guy and touch him and feel him. For me growing up in a household of all athletes, you know, I was able to go up to my dad who played in it, you know, spend some time in the NFL and touch him and see what he did was, you know, a dream came true. I was able to go to my older brother and touch him and say, oh, man, he did it. Well, I can do it too. So for us, it's able to – the ability to give these kids the opportunity to walk up to someone and say, oh, man, you made it to the NFL and you used to be a kid just like me. You know, and that, you know, the, the ability to put your hands on somebody kind of gives you, you know, a lot of power in yourself. Well, you know, and be it UNM or the high schools here in Albuquerque, I mean, there are players that go on at the football game to to do really well professionally. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and if it's right now, there's a handful of guys from UNM playing in the USFL. I don't know if you boys are tuning into yeah. that. And then, obviously, the, the Zach Gentry, the obvious names that are out right, there with right. everyone. Um, are you going to be able to make that connection to where those – those players seem like you're identifying as real and approachable as opposed to, to guys guys that are on your posters? Uh, you know, we haven't really reached out to any of the former UNM guys. Yeah. Uh, but the guys we do have on our list, well, we have Byron Bell who played, yeah. you know, close to 10 years in the league. Yeah, pretty good. And 90 starts. Yeah. You know, we're hoping that people see what we're doing and take it serious. There you, you go. Know? And, and then at that point, 
maybe maybe reach out to us. Like the next the next step for us is we're gonna start reaching out to to college coaches mm-hmm. and maybe doing uh, like scouting combines for the high school kids, oh, where yeah. we can bring everybody here to see see what New Mexico has to offer. What what advice would you have for young athlete that maybe needs some motivation, maybe needs some direction? You know, out here, like I said, I think a, I think a big problem is there's a there's a lack of support, there's a lack of um, resources. You know, and, yeah, and sure. As long as kids can um, keep, you know, have the love, the drive, the motivation, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring the resources, you know, and stuff like that out here to to help these kids. And like he said, show them what you can be, what you can accomplish from here. Like you don't have to leave Albuquerque. You know, and that's kind of the conception, the, 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 the idea that everybody has is like, you have to leave Albuquerque to accomplish these things. No, you don't. Because you know what? There's people here that are going to help you. Mm-hmm. Smack. I love, a- that. love that. com. S-H-M-A-C athletics.com. That's where you can get all the information on what is going on. Obviously, social media exists for you boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instagram, so, Facebook. Yeah. So check out Instagram, check out Facebook and all that stuff. Um, cool. We got it. It's a hundred bucks pop. It's a little bit more for souvenir stuff. Is that the idea? 140 for the photo package. Oh, there you go. We do action shots and stuff like oh, that. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. So we'll nice. have photographers out there. We're going to DJs. Dude. That's the other thing. Like you said, this is going to be, this is going to be, there's going to be a production. Yeah, it needs to be. It's not just show up and so, do some drills. Yeah. And there's, and there's something like real important because Van and I talk about this regularly in the show. I broadcast for a college here in the state. So at New Mexico Highlands, the thing I always kind of stress to the student athlete is like, we're capturing all your games these are all your memories right right here. Exactly. and i think there's something special with that for kids too huge because when we were coming up like van how much footage you got of you running the football uh literally zero yeah how much, <laughs> yeah, yeah literally zero hey do i got that yeah. big game we went and shot i hit against marquette yeah, no i don't no. i don't you know, hey, that's, well, this is a different era you yeah. know you got to capture all these moments there not being any video evidence makes me way better now though <laughs> oh 100 percent. stories i tell stories yeah. grown You're the basically? legend mm. <laughs> <laughs> i love everything about that um your brother's coming out yep I mean, what's up? What's up with that? You just get NFL talent like that? He's, he's just no. Nah, he just you know, he's happy to come down yeah. and, and to be of help to us, and uh, you know, give the kids the opportunity to meet someone that that made it, and that's the whole idea behind him coming out. And you know, we want to make this a yearly thing where we we're able to do this every year, and you know, just give kids that opportunity to be a part of it. Love everything about that. Yep. And Zach is going to join us after the break, actually. Yep. So Z-Mac is going to join us. Uh, we're going to we're gonna loosen up a little bit. Obviously, we're going to keep it football. And then I know Showtime, you're going to step aside for a minute because, uh, well, five voices is too many for radio. There's okay. no other way. But what we're going to do is uh, we're going to talk about kind of the athleticism of your family. We're going to talk. I'm going to ask about the Wonderlick. Did he, okay. did he take the wonder look? Uh, he, I, yeah, I think he did. All right, I'm going to need full transparency yeah, yeah. on the score. <laughs> sure. I'm going to need, like. Uh, Back to the smart guy. That's, he, was a, he, was a, he was a high GPA guy. <laughs> that's what he's going to tell you. So that's what we're going <laughs> to. So we're going to make sure we talk about that because uh, I'm obsessed with it right now. It's the most important thing in the world to me. And then I want to talk to you boys about NIL a little bit. Okay. I just have an obsession with NIL and, and what you guys think it'll do for the game. Any final words before we cut you loose? No, I just want to say thanks for having us on. We're, we're uh, really looking forward to the camp, and we hope that we get a good turn. Out. Any final words for Coach B? Yeah, Coach B's the man, man. I tell him I miss him. Yes, that's tell him he, I miss him. It's my guy. He's one of the boys. He's it's, a great guy. It's not even close. Uh, whenever we get back, I mean, this show goes from JV to varsity, boys. We, uh, <laughs> we're about to talk some NFL football <laughs> after this one. I'm sure we'll sneak in some draft talk, too. Sure. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. Right. The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program. 4.30 here in the mountain. If you just got off work, well, uh, thanks for joining your boys. So I am Fred. My co-host is Van. We got the McPherson boys with us. What's up, Z? 
live in studio, Emac, live on the phone, Zmac. Zmac, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to be on. Thanks for having me. It's going to be pretty good. Uh, obviously, defensive back for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, gets up and down the real fat, up and down the field real fast. Uh, I don't know. He tackles you a little bit. He, he deflects passes. He's that guy. So uh, now a friend of the show, and one of two men on, and you're coming to town in the first week of July because you want to. Uh, I'm I'm guessing you're coming to work out in the high elevation. That's your plan. No, I'm coming down. Definitely uh, hosting this camp. Um, I'm excited to get down there, uh, mingle around with the kids, have a good time with everybody, yes, sir. and have some fun. So we're so we're sitting down here with your brother. Obviously, we're we're having a lot of laughs. We're doing our thing, and then the conversation comes up of like the athleticism of your family. And and your brother's like, yeah, you know, my dad's the best athlete going. And I'm like, well, I'm going to ask C-Mac who the best athlete going is. So so who is it, Zach? Is it you? Is it your brother? Is it your dad? Is it your mom? Like, who's the who's the best athlete in the McPherson family? I, I definitely want to give a shout-out to all the ones that came um, ahead of me, but I definitely have to say it's myself. There we um, go. I think I walked, <laughs> yeah. in, I walked into that role about a year ago. <laughs> Z- and that and that's the kind of confidence that it takes to get to this level, right? Because not you're competing with the best athletes in the world, but you started competing against your own family. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's it right. like being in that house and competing with your family? Not only for like playing time on the field, but like the first serving at Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. Right, right. I, I was I was the one that was always getting getting uh getting roughed around, getting bullied a little bit, but. It made me tough, made me what I am right now, but it was definitely very competitive coming up. It was it was a good time. There's a, there's I definitely a, wouldn't take those days for granted. There's a McPherson myth that that uh, one of my older brothers put Zach in the in the dryer when he was a kid. Oh no, we can't confirm or deny it, but <laughs> Thanks. Well, and, and when you you know when I throw a sweater in the dryer, it shrinks. Right. So that's why he don't play wide receiver. Yeah, because he just he just got out right. a little like that. Zach, or Zach McPherson, yeah. Z-Mac drafted 123 overall in the fourth round last year. I mean, what, what's the problem? You couldn't top the top 120? Couldn't it be like 119? What's the problem here? I don't know. That's the talk we got to have with the GM. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> every, everything works out for, for a reason, though. Yeah, it works out. How is Philly? Is, is, is Philadelphia the spot? Had you spent any time up there in Philadelphia before being drafted by the team? Uh, I haven't spent too much time up here, but now that I'm up here, I, I'd say I like it a lot. Um, it's a different type of city. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys heard about the fan base up here and, sure. yeah, very and the passion that goes in, right, and the passion that just goes into this city. So it's it's different, but I definitely love it. Hey, you just segued into my next question. The the fans in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They love you and they embrace yeah. you, or they absolutely hate you. Have you been able to deal with both of those, or is it more one or the other? Uh, no, me, I mean, I'm pretty much still on a clean slate here, and uh, nice. that's just the way I keep. I would want to keep it. Um, but, I mean, it's just – that's just the way it is. It's kind of motivating to play in a city like this. You know, it brings the best out of you. Um, you know, just go out there, play your hardest, and the city will love you. The city will be behind you in everything you do. All right, Emac, here's the question. So, your brother's going to come to town. You guys are working on the camp together. Sure. What do you hope to to convey from your brother, who's an NFLer, to the youth of Albuquerque? What is that message you want to make sure you share? I mean, he, he knows the exact steps that, that it takes to get to that level. Um, you know, that's that's knowledge that I myself, you know, can't even give these kids. So, you know, we're, we're glad to have guys, you know, like my little brother Zach and guys like Byron Bell on staff that, 
they can tell you exactly what it takes, you know, to, to get to that point. And that, that's valuable knowledge, you know, for all these kids that will be at the camp. What is that one piece of off-the-field advice, Zach, that you're going to give to these kids? What is that information that you learned early on in your professional career that you think might be valuable to kids these days? Um, I definitely probably would say now, even I'm still hearing it from my coaches in the NFL, it's probably just the fundamentals um, of the game, uh, especially on the field. And, and you don't ever want to steer away from the fundamentals because that's just the nature of the game. That's what the game is made up of. Uh, it's the little things, the little details that, um, you know, make guys like Tom Brady, the Drew Breeses uh, separate, you know. And uh, that's definitely what I want to inspire these kids to do is really – you know, as they're out there having fun, uh, just focus on the little details, you know, whether it's just putting their foot on the line to start a drill or, or finishing through the line. Um, you know, it's a little stuff that makes you great and a little stuff that's going to take you a long way in the game. Schmack Athletic Skills Camp coming up. Check out Smack Athletics, S-H-M-A-C Athletics on Instagram, Facebook, and wherever else you find your info on the interwebs. So, Emac. When Z-Mac comes to town, is this your brother or is this the defensive back for the Eagles? Good question. Because when you go to the, the skills <laughs> camp, you're like, no, you can't sign autographs. We've got to pick up pylons first. <laughs> His brother. There you go. Uh, there you go. This is, this is a brother. So, I mean, but are you, guys, are you guys lined up? So, like, so like Zach comes down, is it you going to take him to the Isotopes game? You going to take him to the top of St. Diaz Peak? Like, what's the plan here? I don't know. I mean, the, the, the second and third is going to be they're going to be long, busy days for us. Yeah. So, we're, we'll, we'll be grinding a lot of those days and – you know, some of the other family will be here. So it'll be more of a camp and spend family time together. Um, and, you know, for a lot of them, it'll be the first time coming to Albuquerque. So it'll be more just working. And then when we're not working, just hanging out with each other. I just had this talk the other day. I don't know if you boys agree, but, like, I think it's hard for boys just to hang out unless you're doing something. I never – if Van would be like, hey, come over and just kick back with me, I'd be like, no. Let's, don't you have any chores we can do? Can't you we... want to talk about your feelings with me, Fred? No, I want to help you with landscaping. Like, this sounds, this sounds boring and terrible. Well, it, it'll be July 2nd. It'll be hot. So by the end of the day, we'll probably be exhausted, you know, ready just to sit and chill or sit and eat. Z-Mac, in your time collegially and now your time in the NFL – is there a opinion about New Mexico and New Mexico footballer? Is there a is there a conversation amongst collegiate or pro athletes about the type of athlete that comes out of the enchantment state? <laughs> no, to be honest, there actually is none that I heard of. I mean, I heard a, I actually haven't really heard anything about New Mexico. Really, I I know most people probably forget. Um, you know that it, the state even exists, not to be rude and, or no. throw shade on the state oh, of New we, Mexico. It's super but, true. Yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. When, when, I was, uh, when I was in Lubbock, there was actually, you know, Lubbock's not too far from New Mexico, and a lot of my coaching staff was from, uh, they coached at the University of uh, New Mexico as well. So I, I definitely, um, you know, been around talks about New Mexico, and I just, I'm excited to get down there. I've never been to New Mexico. This will be my first time going, so I'm excited for it. Oh, you're going to love it, man. Well, I mean, only yeah. only you're gonna love the weather, the culture, the food, the pretty girls. Right. Well, actually, don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> like, keep this all for us. We're just gonna keep this one to ourselves. You come and yeah. you leave, but don't talk about it at all. <laughs> I don't mean. Uh, <laughs> he, he may not like the food, though. We we're kind of uh, 
you know, we're East Coasters, so the green chili really don't sit. Yeah, too I can't well. do it either. I don't mess with it. Either. I just <laughs> yeah, Fred can't hang. Really no, it don't I, sit too well. I play the part on the radio. Right. Z, yeah. <laughs> Z Mac coming to town July second and third for the Schmack Athletic Skills Camp and Combine, little two day event out at Bernalillo High School. You can connect with them at Schmack Athletics at gmail.com or the website schmackathletics.com and you boys are the best did we miss anything that's it man we just you know we hope to have tons of kids come out um you know looking forward to give something really good to the city it's a good opportunity for everyone you know to get around the nfl guys guys that played level at a really high level um so we're just excited excited to give back Zmac, did you take the wonder lick yeah. Yeah, I took the one like a, a few times. Yep. Oh, I mean, why? Because the first one wasn't what you wanted, or what's up? <laughs> no, the teams just give it out to you know during the draft process, but that's not the best test to take. It kind of gets boring after a while. So, like, all right. So, I know you don't know Van, but I'm just gonna let you know. Like, he's in his early 40s and he still wears a mullet. So, I'm just gonna kind of give you the idea on who he is. How would Van do <laughs> on on the Wonderlick? Uh. I think he'll do all right. All right, that's nice. That's Thank you. That's very, very nice yeah, of you. Knowing, that, knowing, that, knowing that, nothing that, about me whatsoever. I, I described I the mullet. <laughs> well, you got to say a, There you go. Nice. Above average. I just, I just heard from Jeremy that my mullet is also above average. So th- there's that, too. He also <laughs> pretty styly. Yeah. He also said work in progress, which is yeah. like what every like, relationship you've ever had has said about you. So you have that. I'm noticing a trend here. I'm going to write this down. Yes, write that down. Oh. ZMAC, thank you so very much. No, I appreciate you guys for having me. I'm uh, excited to get down there for the Smack Athletics Camp. I encourage all the kids to come out. It'll be a good time. Uh, get to know each other and have fun doing it. So, thank you. Love that. Love everything about that. Sure. Everybody show face. EMAC, anything we missed? Not a sit. Um, follow our Instagram, Facebook page, Smack Athletics. Uh, it'll have all the updates on there. Uh, we released the coaching staff through the Instagram and Facebook. Oh, cool. Um, that'll be it, man. I love that. Zach, thanks for jumping on. Love you, bro. And uh, we'll see everybody soon. That's Schmack with a S-H. Yes, with an S-H. S-H. M-A-C, Schmack. Schmack. We've been been talking about the Wonderlick kind of all week because I'm obsessed with it. And when we get back, we'll recap the value on it and how it's just allegedly used as a tool to diminish the value of people in the NFL. I don't know. We'll find out. It's definitely a finesse test. It's 100% that. It's definitely a finesse. No doubt. Two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 and start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. D. Sports yep. Animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610 D Sports Animal. The boys are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Cowell Banker Legacy Studio. Speaking of John Lopez, of John Lopez Real Estate. I mean, he's in the mix right now. Not only does he help the community in any way possible, not only is his Instagram absolutely fire, He's dipping his toe in a little boxing promotion now. What? Yeah. Tune in tomorrow at 5.15 as we have Catherine Lindemuth, her first professional fight coming up, and uh, our sponsor, John Lopez, John Lopez Real Estate, Cowell Banker Legacy, is putting her out on Lady- her first professional fight. Lady boxing is crazy. It's crazy. Yes. Especially... The professional boxers from Albuquerque. Yes. That's a new level. I'm on a new level. 
I used to have a lady in my life, and she got into the world of uh, boxing. And she, so she transitioned from like U like MMA stuff to boxing. Okay. And she was like, "Hey, this skill set should should transfer, right? I'm a, I'm an MMA gal. I'm I'm like a professional MMA fighter. I have won MMA fights all around the world." And she was like, "I'm gonna go box. It's not the same. It's not the same at all." Well, there's two less limbs you can use for it's, one. That's a hundred percent true. That's a thousand percent true. I'm stoked for that fight, and I'm stoked for that interview tomorrow at 5.15. Yeah, and just for clarification, first pro one in the books. The next one is the next one. So the first pro one happened last weekend. Oh, my God. Did I get that backwards? You did just a little bit, but... I thought it was the first pro. No, no. It already happened. My goodness. Yeah. It was down in Los Lunes. Ah, uh, see, that's why. For the, okay. Hey, Los Lunes is on the come up. Everybody knows that. Okay, well, I was just breaking news, so... <laughs> You know what I thought was neat about talking to Zemak just now, Zach McPherson, a place for the Eagles? He was talking about uh, all the teams want you to take a Wonderlick. He was talking about that, right? Yeah. And I know the teams are like, hey, on the Wonderlick, you know, this is just between boys here. You know, you do it, we're not going to tell no one. And anyways, you get like these reports of, you know, Jamarcus Russell got a two or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that means... You get three for your name. Yeah. It means yeah. You, can't, you can't sign your own name. So... The thing that's interesting to me about that is if you're taking a bunch of them for a bunch of different teams, why am I only hearing about one score? I'm only hearing about one score from every guy. You're telling me you're taking multiples? So you're telling me San Francisco doesn't trust Buffalo's Wonderlick? Well, I'm, so you take the highest score of how many they did. Is that what it is? Mm, yeah, that's what I've heard. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know. I'm not buying that. I think you take the lowest score because that's the only thing I see reported. Nobody talks to me about Ryan Fitzpatrick and his 48. Everyone talks to me about. Fill in the dumb blank. Well, what people say about Ryan Fitzpatrick and his 48 is he went to Harvard. Should have been a 50. He did go to Harvard. That's not. That's a fact. Flunky. Hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick takes phone calls and they're like, can you come next week and learn the whole playbook by then? He's like, I actually just got it now. Like, oh, you're actually a pretty bright guy there, Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He reads playbooks like the micro machine guy gives you terms of agreement on a commercial. What is that guy's name? I couldn't tell you, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Fast talking guy goes like this. Micro machines. It just hit me. Because, like, obviously we all have muses in our life, and mine is Vince Vaughn, 2006 or 2008. That's obviously what I'm striving to be in life. But for you. Good goals. Yeah. Yours is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I didn't even realize that. Like, everything about you, your look, your personality, your hobbies, your interest. Like, aside from being a pro-level athlete, there's nothing about you that doesn't completely mirror the existence of Ryan Fitzpatrick. didn't have a mullet, don't don't try to butter me up because you just set a fire to my mullet last segment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can't just come back from that that fast. Well, I would assume with all the product you put in there. Wait wait a segment. (laughs) Go on a place. (laughs) Can't wait a second because Joe West at 515 with your boys, and that's going to be a good one, is in the can. So, like, text during the show or whatever. We'll reach out real fast. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But it was very good. We recorded it uh, about 20 minutes before the show went on because, uh, well, Joe was like, hey, I'm on the East Coast, boys. I'm actually kind of busy. I can't stay up on that. Whatever it is, what it is. We're at 5 o'clock. We're going to talk NFL draft stock and why it's important because you believe that the New York Jets are going to become a world championship team over the course of one round of one draft. They got four picks in the top 38. That's like you can get four studs in that many. Like There's a lot of sure things in that bunch. That's like, that's like one tenth. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Like almost one nine point eight. 
That's like pretty close. Sure. <laughs> if one out of every nine is you. Yeah. There's 32 teams in the league. Yeah, so I was pretty close, what I just said. Yeah, sure. Is that not close? That's super close. How many picks are in the first round? 32. Yeah, but the last ones don't count. Those are like second rounders. Yeah, 27 through 32. That's that's basically the second that's round. That's how I feel. The first 20 is the first round. When is the Jets' last first round pick? It's 38th. Well, that's not the first round. Okay, they own the 10th, the 38th, the 111th. Okay, I just it, they're not going to be able to do anything. That's all I'm saying. The draft doesn't matter, Vital. Will you stop claiming that it does? I I need round? I need to no. get into this a little more next segment. I'm going to give you the sponsors when we get back. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. We're about 10 minutes away from our interview with Joe West. Former Major League Baseball umpire. Not just former, like the Major League Baseball umpire. That is correct. Is that how you would describe him? Yes. You know Ohio State is the Ohio State? That's the Joe West. I'm into that. Talking a little NFL before we talk Major League Baseball. And then it's a pretty good show today. I mean, we had some fun guests to start. It's a pretty good show today. I would like to think. They're all pretty good. I They're know all pretty good shows, Fred. Get that? You writing this down, Michael? Don't sell yourself short. I'm typing it. Thank you. Especially the ones when you're in Las Vegas. I okay. I mean, which is coming quickly to an end as the seasons are winding down for both <laughs> the Cowboys and Cowgirls. A couple tough losses this past weekend for the Cowboys. Don't make me talk about it right now, Van. Whatever. You know how I am. So, friend of the show, who's looking forward to the days where Fred's not here? I'm sorry. Very soon, he's going to be here all the time. That's. Do you think people feel like that? Like they tune in, they're like, "Oh, Fred episode." Ugh. Gross. It's a very small subgroup, <laughs> but the feedback is very passionate. Yeah, it's a, it's a vocal minority. Yeah, very vocal oh. minority. The same people that are like, oh, Fred, are the same people that are like, I uh, got to make sure I'm home in time for the draft. <laughs> like, it's those same guys. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I love that they took the draft to three days. That to me, that's three straight days of NFL football I get to watch. What? What are you doing? What is that noise? The dog lapping water out of a pool of NFL. Oh, thank God! I thought it was something else. Is that what you thought it was? No. The. All right. So according to the texter, and the I mean, so it's not the McPhersons who are the greatest athletic family of all time. It's the Flying Grammaticas. We didn't get enough time. We'll bring it on more. We could have had him on for three hours. Yeah, we could have laughed a lot. Yeah. Talking about the NFL draft uh, specifically, you said, hey, Fred, uh, over the course of the first two rounds, the Jets got four picks, and that's a big deal. And I said, no, it is not. I know how you feel about draft picks. Basically yeah. the same exact way you feel about linebackers. They don't matter. They don't matter. Yeah, at all. And if you ask me. Yeah, I'm asking you. Would you rather have. A for sure asset that you have NFL tape on who mm -hmm. you know can perform at that level, mm -hmm. or would you have X amount of draft picks? I will take the bird in the hand. Oh, every time. But. You know what it's worth? Two in the bush. That's correct. Ooh, the Bush family. That's a that's a big family, too. Like like George and George Sr.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeb and them? Yeah, not, mm -hmm. not Kyle. Yeah. I'm not talking about Kyle. The, the race car guy? Yeah. No. What about Reggie? 
Uh, is that the guy who does Bush beer? Uh, no, that is Billy. Oh, Billy Bush. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's not true. You're thinking of Anheuser. You're thinking of Billy Carter. Anheuser. Who also had beer. The best Bush is Anheuser Bush. There's an argument to be made. Like Augustus Cornelius Bush is yeah. the best Bush. What about burning? That's a good Bush if you're into the Mormon religion. More people know about the burning Bush than Anheuser Bush. So oh, I the, think that's a number one Bush. I'm going to say Bushwhackers. I'm going to say as far as. You no, know, that's your favorite. <laughs> I wouldn't rank them all time. So I just They're way up there for me. Put them up there. <laughs> so, let's say you're a struggling franchise, uh, a la New York Jets, a la Jacksonville Jaguars. Also, you don't need that one sure thing. You need a bunch of those one sure things, and you can get a bunch of them in the NFL draft if you do like the Jets did and punt all their star players and do it for assets. So the Jets have four picks in the top 38. And obviously these picks aren't sure things. Anything could happen. Tragedy could befall them. They might have analyzed the guy wrong, and he's not as good as they think they are. But four picks in the top 40, if you hit that right, it can alter your franchise. All right, so pick a year real quick, any year. Okay, I was looking at last year. All right, 2017. That's why I just pulled up, okay? Okay. Very first overall pick. For the Cleveland Browns was who? My microphone's doing a thing. Was who? Don't do a thing. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it was Miles Garrett, okay? <laughs> and he's garbage. He gets kicked out of games for fighting. The Bears then took Mitchell Trubisky, who later had to go and change his name to Mitch to, because he's in witness protection now, okay? Then San Francisco took a cat named Solomon Thomas. And after I said that, I said, Who? The best player to go went right here in Leonard Fournette to Jacksonville. Cut. After that. You are an insane person. Did he not get cut? From the Jags? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he did. So he's garbage. Can't play. Tennessee Titans took Corey Davis, who if he is still on a team, I'm surprised to learn that. Your New York Jets had the best pick of all at six overall in Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. Who they used for a first and a second round pick. That's good. I mean, so they nailed that pick. That's the one. And then they got two more picks out of it. Um, blowing it, the Los Angeles Chargers took Mike Williams, who's afraid to catch a ball. He is a fantastic wide receiver. You're wrong. He, um, okay, his hands go up. Ball doesn't come down. The Carolina Panthers took Christian McCaffrey, who has played one game. His entire professional career, he has played one full game. Okay, the second best running back in the NFL when he's on the field. Yep, but he's not. Cincinnati Bagels took John Ross. Who? Here's your best pick. It's a, not The family's not known for football. It's a painting family. Nice. Everyone knows that. Very good. Yeah. Tenth overall, the Kansas City Chiefs took the fourth best quarterback in the AFC West. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, you mean MVP and Super Bowl champion Patrick Mahomes. He caught fire one time. He, I mean, he did okay for a minute. Who is Marshawn Lattimore? Oh, my God, he's so good. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the game. Who does he play for? The Saints. All right, well, he's still with the team that drafted him. After that, Deshaun Watson. How do you feel about Deshaun Watson? Huh? You, you going to defend Deshaun Watson? You going to be that guy? On the field? Yeah. Yeah, I'll defend okay. the heck out of him. The Cardinals. In a massage parlor, not so much. No, no. Allegedly. Mm -mm. Arizona Cardinals took a kid named... Hassan Reddick, no clue who that is. Plays, are you familiar with this position? Linebacker? 
Seems new. I'm telling you, of all these guys, was there really two? Okay, well, you're naming every single person in the draft. Yes, and let, let you me, can't draft. Let me do something here. Yeah. So, the Jets draft 4th, 10th, 35th, and 38th. Sure. Okay? So, if we're going to use your 2017 draft example, yes. the 4th pick could have been Leonard Fournette. Very good NFL running back, and Super Bowl champion. Should have came out number fourth one in pick, the league. Fourth pick could have been Jamal Adams, all pro Jamal Adams, who was traded subsequently for a first and second round pick. They could have drafted Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, Mid- Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson, Please say Marlon me. Humphrey, Jonathan Allen, Evan Ingram, Tredavious White, TJ Watt, Buda Baker, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. The, and the top 40, who are all, all pros. The Buccaneers took O.J. Howard. You know what you don't do? Draft football players named OJ. Well, they didn't know that then. It, that has been a standing rule since 94. Oh, I'm talking about the Bills, not the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers should have known better. Yes. The it's, Bills made a pretty good pick at the time. Yeah. Hey, you know what the Browns went, went around and did? They were like, let's get David Njoku. Yeah, no. I, when, when I looked at this, I went for last year's draft. Yes, go. Most recent, everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say the fourth pick. You could either take Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. Both all pros as a rookie. That is a money pick. They would have nailed it. Let's go down to their next pick. They could have taken with the next two picks your favorite player, linebacker from Penn State and the Dallas Cowboys, Micah Parsons, or the very next pick, the best offensive lineman in the draft, Rashawn Slater. So they could have went all pro, all pro. With those two picks. Are you talking about last year? Yes. No, that's not what last year was. 2021? That was all quarterbacks. That's the only thing that was drafted last year. Okay, I see what you're doing. (laughs) And then 35 and 38. So 35 could have been Javante Williams, rookie running back, who is going to be really good for a few years, you know, barring injury. injury. And then with the very next pick, you have the choice of – Defensive linemen, offensive tackles, all who are everyday contributors for their team. So, I agree that the proven asset is worth way more. But somebody like the Jets who need multiple holes to fill, this is the plan. If I was the Jets, if I was the Jaguars, if I was some lowly franchise, I'd say, yes, give me the four picks in the top 40. You can have the proven commodity. I'm looking three, four, five years down the road anyways. There's only one formula to winning Super Bowls. You get Tom Brady or Tom Brady adjacent talent. Matthew Stafford. Is Tom Brady adjacent? Yes. You want to know how I know? You won a Super Bowl. They both did in consecutive years. Yeah. Their hometown. That's pretty good. You punt your first round picks. Yeah. You get a quarterback. You have the Super Bowl in your hometown. Bing, bang, boom. So, regardless of where... The Jets draft. Is their quarterback still Zach Wilson? Yes. They're done. It's well, over. Zach Wilson doesn't have any help. We have no idea if Zach Wilson is talented or not because he's on the Jets. All right, so I'll buy that. I'll buy exactly what you said. Like Up until this moment, I'm like, the draft sucks. But if like what you're describing, the Jets are like, cool, let's go get Garrett Wilson. If at four, they're like, we get Garrett Wilson, then I'm in. Because if you mess around and take this Thibodeau cat or whatever – there's no that's how you lose. Go get someone you can throw the damn ball to, Keyshawn said. 
there's a plethora of wide receivers in this draft, and you'll have multiple options in the top 40. But so, they need a lot of help. You're, you're telling me they can end up with two? You're telling me they could maybe get Wilson and maybe that Burks cat? Hey, real talk, they might not have any picks. The San Francisco 49ers might have all of the Jets' picks, and the Jets might have Debo Samuel on their team. 100% make that trade. 1,000% make that trade. You package Zach Wilson in on that trade, put both those rookie jokes from last year on the same squad, you bring over the best-looking guy in the history of all sports, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not a bad plan. No, you know what he'll do? Throw it to Debo Samuel. In New York? Yeah, make it to the playoffs. A Garoppolo in New York? you kidding me? Think, oh. New York loves their Italians. You know how many streets would be named so fast? There's probably already a Garoppolo. Michael, can it's you It's New York City. That? Can you fact check that, please? <laughs> Michael, are we good to go on Joe West when we get back? Sorry, you gave me the head nod, which is not good radio, but it works for me. Thanks, bud. Yes, you're all ready. <laughs> We're all ready to there go. There we go. So you and I, Van, sat down with Joe West. Uh, we did it via the phone. We had a lot of fun talking about his new podcast, and we're going to talk a little bit inside baseball. We're going to talk some music. It's it's going to be a little bit of a laugh, so we're going to do that. And then uh, and then whenever we get back, obviously, we'll jump into the NBA playoffs from last night. We'll sit down with Josh Sushan after that. And then at the top of the hour, uh, I was with Clint Hurdle and Todd Helton earlier, and I'll give you what I believe to be the highlights of that before Isotopes Baseball tonight. It's two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Penny on Coffee. Play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back from the break, and joining us on the program is Joe West. And you're like, Fred, Joe West? Yeah, the Joe West. Like, of over 5,000 Major League Baseball games umpire, Joe West. Joe, welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is this will be fun. Yeah, this is going to be I a good – I look forward to it. The Cowboy Joe, Joe West joining us because he has a new podcast. And help me out here, Joe. Is it 5460? Is it 5460? How are, you, how are you identifying the name of this one? Well, they, they named it 5460 because uh, that's the number of regular season games I worked. I had a, another 135 after that working the playoffs. Oh, all-star games and stuff. <laughs> so so the, the total number is really 5595. Five, <laughs> but we we use the regular season games to, to mark this so everybody can find it. 5460, the Joe West podcast, set to launch on May 2nd. What do the loyal listeners, what do the friends of the show, what should they expect out of this podcast, Joe? Well, I, I hope they realize that after they hear a couple of episodes that uh, umpires aren't the two-headed monsters that everybody makes them out. <laughs> you know, we're real people like everybody else, and uh, it's it's so far it's been really fun. You know, I've we've uh, had a couple of guests on already, and uh, these are all taped, uh, just like your show. And uh, we've had uh, Rick Hummel from. Uh, the St. Louis Post Dispatch. He was a Hall of Fame sports writer, close uh, friend of mine, Mark, personal friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. Mark Grace has uh, did one, and we had Kelly Chase sneak in and surprise him. He's an old hockey player that Person- Mark was in the minor leagues when when Kelly was too. Personal friend so of mine we, too, Joe. You got all my yeah. St. Louis connections. Yeah, but uh, and and we've got a lot of people that we're going to have on there i mean i just i just spoke to a guy that was just inducted in the north carolina sports hall of fame named ronnie barnes now you might not know that name but ronnie barnes was the first african-american trainer in the nfl okay 
and he and I went to college at East Carolina for a semester. And he stayed, and I transferred to Elon and played football at Elon, and he he was there through his whole uh, college career. And then uh, and then he he signed on with the Giants. I, I want to say in the late seventies. And uh, he's been now he's the director of their medical services, and he he's a legend in the in the sports uh, athletic uh, trainers field. And uh, so we're going to have him on, and uh, this will be a lot of fun because. The, the whole thing about this is that this doesn't need to be controversial. We, we're going to tell stories that are fun and how people have a good time in places we've been and seen and done, and uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. Launching on May the 2nd, the 5460 podcast, part of Podcast Heat. You can connect with the show at Joe West 5460 on Instagram and Twitter. You said East Carolina, Joe. I mean, that makes you a pirate. How do you get a nickname like the Cowboy? Well, I had written a song and sent it to Jimmy Belkin, who was Merle Haggard's fiddle player. Woo-hoo. And uh, when he got it, he he called me up. He says, you know, if, if we give this to Merle, he cuts it. You can't do anything with it. He said, you're already a major league umpire. He says, why don't you put it out as kind of a novelty and see what happens? So we put it out in the, I want to say, 84, 85. And uh, I'm still selling that album. I get requests, <laughs> you know, once or twice a week for one of those. It's uh, it's it's been it's been fun, and you know, I was really lucky that I befriended these people because uh, they're places I go, and you know, the band just gets me up on stage. I went to see the Oak Ridge Boys in the at the uh, Strawberry Festival the other day, and. And they said, uh, well, we want you to come up and sing Elvira with us. And I said, no, I'm not getting up there to sing your biggest hit with you. I'm staying right back here where I belong. <laughs> you you so, didn't do the oom, papa, oom, papa, oom, papa, mow, mow. Richard wanted me to do that. But, but uh, <laughs> the Oak Ridge Boy, Boys actually called the White Sox and asked if they could sing the national anthem when I broke the record for most games umpires. So oh, they, were, cool. they were there in uh, in May in Chicago when I broke the record. A big As Merle Haggard fan Brad over Gavin, here. That's cool you got to work with Merle. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, big Merle Haggard fan here, Joe. That's really cool you got to work with Merle. Not only Merle Haggard, but a lot of country music artists you got to dip your toe in on stage. Can yeah, you talk about some yeah, of those experiences? Really you know, uh, I met Mickey Gilly at his, at his bar in Texas, uh, the biggest at the time it was the biggest nightclub in the world, <laughs> and uh, I guess I was what you'd call a gilly rat. So I'd go out there, <laughs> and uh, he was uh, he had just uh, taken off really because he had uh, he had uh, um, the song "Room Full of Roses" and he had I overlooked an orchid while searching for a rose and he had just taken off and he had started touring and he had this kid in his band named Johnny Lee. And Johnny Lee was a backup rhythm guitar player. And uh, so this movie comes to town, and they're going to do this urban cowboy thing with John Travolta. And this this song that the producer wanted to record was called Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. Sure. And uh, so I asked Mickey one day, I said, why, why didn't you record that? I know you had first pick of all the songs. He said, you know, I just didn't like it. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you might be the craziest guy I've ever met. Because <laughs> uh, this, this song is about your bar. So it was about a month later, I played golf with Don Markham, who was Haggard's trumpet player. 
And uh, Don said, you know, Joe, said, I've been with Merle 30 years, and I can't tell you the words to any of his songs. Yeah. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, as a musician, you listen for your part where you come in. He said, but I couldn't sing one of his songs. But I could. I know where I'm coming in, and I could come in on somebody else's solo and play for them because I know what's supposed to be played there. And so I got to thinking. I went back and listened to this song, Looking for Love, and it didn't have one piano lick in it. Not one piano lick was in Looking for Love, the original version. And that's why Gilly didn't like it, because he was a piano player. There was no place for him to play. That's why he turned it down. <laughs> But it's it's amazing. I, this this job has opened a lot of doors for me that most people could could never walk through. You know. So, Joe, I'm going to be honest. Fun. I didn't know you were a musician until the 2016 baseball season when the Los Angeles Dodgers all game played your music as their walkout music. <laughs> I thought that was a really cool moment. What was that like when you're sitting there behind home plate and you're like, wait, this is my song. Well, they were they were trying to kiss up to me because uh, <laughs> Kershaw and I, Kershaw and had a and I had had a little battle the night before, and I think it was uh, Utley that went to Dave Roberts and said, hey, "You don't want him to be really mad at us. We need to we need to play his music tomorrow when we come to bat." <laughs> yeah, hey, speaking speaking a little spats, Joe, of of all the guys throughout your career, which I think started in seventy five or seventy six, like all the guys you had to toss. Who deserved it? Who deserved it the most, Good Joe? question. Who had it coming? Well, uh, you know Earl Weaver never finished a game I was in. <laughs> 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 and, uh, well, we used to get, you know, Dick Williams would get kicked out because Dick believed that if uh, the call went against him, he had to go out there and argue. So he got kicked out a lot. But uh, Bobby Cox was uh, got kicked out more than anybody. Okay. And uh, and the next day it was over. It was like nothing happened, you know. But uh, but he was. I mean, it's quite an array of people, you know. Uh, and I don't, I don't think I missed too many. I got I got Whitey. <laughs> I got Jimmy Leland. I got <laughs> I got I got most of them <laughs> at what? one time or another. <laughs> Joe, okay, that that. We talked about the managers. What about the players? Who are the players you're like, you know what? That guy was a jerk to me yesterday. I'm going to poke him a little bit today. The black on his plate is going to be really wide today. Well, you, you, you can't do that because then you're, you're cheating the game. You oh, it's just us. Really try to, if, you, if you have a player that has given you enough grief that you think you've got to do something to him, then you should have kicked him out. So, oh, yeah. and I was lucky that way. I mean, I had a lot of ejections, but they they were for that reason. That if I got mad at somebody, they were gone. <laughs> Five four six zero. The Joe West podcast launches on May the second. You can get it everywhere you get podcasts, including uh, iTunes, Spotify, the whole deal. It's part of the Podcast Heat Network. We're speaking with Joe West at Joe West five four six zero. Joe, obviously, you're talking about a lot of guests, and it's not all baseball centric, right? So I want to make sure we know this is walk of life with Joe, right? This is not you're going to interview Angel Hernandez every week. No, we have all kinds of people. We're going to get Ronnie Barnes on there. I think we're going to get uh, Jackie Autry, Gene Autry's widow. I think she's going to do one with us. And uh, I know that Hawk Harrelson would love to do one. You talk about a guy that used to yell and scream at me. He used to yell and scream at me. And we play golf together now. So uh, it's it's it it is about 
getting along with people. And I, I don't think people realize that baseball is like a family, you know, and you have arguments in families, and some of them are worse than others, but uh, everybody's in it together, and uh, we're all in this thing because it's the, the special game that it is. Let's talk about 5460, not the podcast, the number of games umpired. Do you think this is going to be one of those unbreakable records that will stand the test of time? Are we going to be talking about 5460 like we talk about any of the hollowed records in baseball? <laughs> you, you make it look like this is the 56-game hitting streak or something like that. <laughs> it's quite the accomplishment. The big, the biggest problem with working this many games is uh, they have time off now that we didn't have when I started. Uh, they have to go work in replay which we didn't have when I started. And uh, so there's, there's uh, in fact, it took me an extra uh, five years to catch Bill Clem because uh, he didn't have any time off. You know, he was uh, he was the guy's record I broke. He had 5,375 games, but he had them in 37 years, and, and it took me 44 to get him. <laughs> so, All right, Joe, last um, one. Last one for us before we let you go. What is your favorite baseball city, and why is it St. Louis, Missouri? <laughs> well, it's, that's easy. My wife's from there. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> that, that wasn't even a trick question, was it? <laughs> Just, uh, well, and, and, you know, our connection is obviously through my time at KMOX and through my time years ago at KFNS. And, and uh, to me, there is something special about going into a town that really knows the game and loves the game. Can you tell as an official the difference in a city that's really invested in the play on the field versus city that is maybe learning the game. Well, yeah, you know, um, the uh, you, you take for instance a, a town like Pittsburgh. They don't have a big fan base, but they all pay attention. They all know the game. And you take St. Louis; they draw from what three, four states around them easily. People people go in there just just for the Cardinals, and then. And then you got Chicago. I used to tell people, they'd say, what, what was your favorite ballpark? And I would say, well, it used to be Wrigley Field. And they'd go, really? And I'd say, yeah, because when it got dark, we could quit. They didn't have lights. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you go back and look at, look at all this stuff. You know, Chicago is a good baseball town. And when the, the Cubs were fighting for the pennant, uh, you know, the hell, half the country was watching them. And then you, you have the Braves, who Turner made them America's team, and uh, but they they don't follow the game as well as Chicago or St. Louis or Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, because I, I guess it's just more for them to do down there. But uh, they're 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 not as astute as as the rest of them. And then you have uh, the. The best example is Yankee Stadium. We made a call there years ago in the playoffs with the Red Sox and the Yankees. And uh, when Alex Rodriguez slapped the glove out of the pitcher's hand, right, out of Roy's hand, and uh, Jeff Kellogg and I went down to Randy Marsh and said he, he reached out with his hand and he interfered. We're going to have to call him out. And, and we changed it. And they threw everything in the book at us. I mean, they threw somebody threw their car keys at the third base umpire. <laughs> okay, and it was a BMW too. <laughs> but anyway, so when the media took up for us and and showed everybody that we were right, the next day we walked on the field and we actually got a a, a small standing ovation. I mean, it wasn't boisterous, but they actually applauded us for what we did. 
And that, you know, you look at that and you go, this is the team that lost. And they, they are applauding us for making a call that went against them. So you look back on that and they, say, they follow the game. They know what's going on, you know. So, um, and, and that kind of makes you proud to have something like that happen. Somebody asked me one time, he says, does anybody ever congratulate you or say good game? I said, well, yeah, but unless it's the losing pitcher, it doesn't mean a whole lot. If the winning pitcher's, you know, he's doing well, he wins and he comes up and says, nice game. Well, that's that's nice of him to do. But when Greg Maddox walked off the mound, he's losing one to nothing, and he said, thanks, good job. Now, that that means a little something. You know what I mean? Joe, we're up against a break, but I'd be remiss not to ask you. Let's look at technology in baseball, robot umpires, et cetera, et cetera. What's an old-school umpire like you think about the future of umpiring in baseball? Well, I, I think I think the umpiring has, has taken care of itself. I think that the, the problem with the robotic umpires is it makes mistakes, too. They've, they've shown that that robotic umpire misses 7% of its pitches. And when it misses the pitch, it doesn't call anything. Huh. <laughs> I mean. It's not. It's not like the plate umpire that you think missed a pitch, and he did call it a ball or a strike, whatever. But when the robotic umpire misses a pitch, it doesn't call anything. So what do you do with that? And what do you do with the check swing? You know, when you is this robotic umpire going to call the check swing? Is this robotic umpire able to call a foul tip? Is this robotic umpire able to hear or see whether the ball hit a batter in the box? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that the plate umpire does that, that we take for granted. You know? when, well, today, so, today I learned that robot umpires can blink and miss pitches. That's so what gotta, it is. I'm going to write this in my journal. Going into full effect May 16th, <laughs> you'll see that here at Isotopes Park. Joe West of the 5460 with Joe West. And uh, we're excited, Joe. We're going to tune in. We're going to be fans right out the gate. So thank you for taking the time with us. Anything before we let you go? Well, I appreciate you just giving me the time. You know, and, and again, but you got to realize that umpires are human beings too. They all they all got their feelings, so don't hurt them. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, thank you so very much. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Joe. Sports Animal. Michael, cut the music. Oh my God. We only got like two minutes here, bro. That, that interview with Joe West ran. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. That's like a twenty-minute blue we just did right there. And hey, one thing rip. I found out is that Pittsburgh fans are just as knowledgeable as St. Louis right, Cardinals there's fans. There's just a lot less of them, though. I mean, let's be real transparent with that. That's not what I heard. Is that what he said in the interview? He said, "Well, he said, here's what he said. He said, you know, they might not come out as much, but they love the game." He's like, "I have every color of shirt except for black and yellow." Yeah, black, that's what I heard him say. That's what I heard him say. The only shirt you need to have right now is green because the Boston Celtics put it on them Nets last night. Yes, sir. Them Nets are garbage. Rip. Kevin Durant can play with anyone because when you're so soft, anything can mold to you. But everyone else on that team, garbage. That's what Bruce Lee said, right? That's what he said. Be a pillow. He said, be like Durant. Be handful of feather. That's what he said. Yeah. But here's what he said about Ben Simmons. Be anywhere else. <laughs> be Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah, that's what he said. Gosh, Ben Simmons. What, that, what quote did you find earlier? He said he told coaches his back hurt because of a mental trigger. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. <sighs> I could just stop there. No, you know what? Let's read it. Ben Simmons, in a meeting with Nets officials, mm-hmm. told them that he has a mental block and this isn't a direct quote okay this is paraphrasing got it 
He has a mental block that exists dating all the way to last summer's postseason. Well, you don't say. It's creating stress all right. that can serve as a trigger yeah. for his back issues. Ben Simmons is a trigger for every issue in my life. Know how seriously and important we hold mental health on this show? Uh, as a guy who has suffered and is currently still recovering? Yeah. Correct. And samesies, you know I get my waves. I feel like he's trolling people like us. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm just going to do whatever I want, and I'm right. going to blame it on this. That is yes. He is describing. He went to LSU, and Shaq doesn't even like him. Put that in perspective. Make that make sense. He is describing, in layman's terms in the medical field, uh-huh. it's called Indian jumping pains. All right. What is that? That means you can just hurt wherever you want. It's like, oh, my back hurts. Must about, be my mental health. You're talking about fibromyalgia. Oh, my gosh. My elbow hurts. Must be my mental health. This is literally called fibromyalgia, and it's only cured by smoking weed. It's hey. only cured by the most fun thing you, that you can do. Note to self. Get fibromyalgia. Acquire fibromyalgia. I don't know why I spelled that right. Whenever when we get back from the commercial, the guy who will cures what ails me, Josh Sushan, will be joining us. We're going to talk isotopes, baseball. It's two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Is this like a song Josh picked? Like, what is this? I told you no, Toby Keith. Is this Toby Keith? Brantley Gilbert, whoever that is. Is he new? I have no idea. Brantley Gilbert? Brant, like two first names? Like he died previously and was reincarnated and he still kept his original name before death? Maybe. He's a bench guy on the Celtics, Brantley Gilbert, isn't he? Josh, is Brantley Gilbert, like, does he ride the pine for for the Seattle Supersonics? He does not ride the pine for the Albuquerque Isotopes, I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Boys are at home tonight, huh? How you feeling, Josh? How's the team? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling uh, close to 100%. Not quite back yet, but I feel a whole lot better. Who else are you dishonest with in life? Because I saw you earlier. I'm going to say you're, you're like a hard 50% right now. You thought I was only 50%? No, I'm being generous. <laughs> I'm being generous. Wow. So really, I was like 40%, and I was trying to tell people that I was like 80% today. All right. So you do the math on that, and then <laughs> any game broadcast by Josh has a 100% chance of being entertaining. So that puts you at roughly like 75, 80%. I'm buying that. That's good. All right. We're going we're gonna to go with that. There's How a lot of presidents doing? that are C students, so that's it, pretty good. Well, have you ever taken a wonder lick, Josh? I've never have. Never planned to. What? Hold up. What if all three of us do it, though, and then we rate the scores, and then we use that for the remainder of our friendship, professional and otherwise, to know the tier of greatness between us? I've, I've heard enough of the questions to know that I would not be good at that. I'm, I'm very good at, um, like, an actual answer. I'm good at researching things. I'm not good at, like, what are some of the questions they ask you? Hey, this guy Googles, first of all. Hey, right here. Hey, hey Josh Googles. You a Bing guy, Google guy? Oh, I'm a Google guy. All right, I'm going to give you some Wonderlic uh, sample questions while Van takes over why I Google myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Topes the topes are back home. They were lucky enough or good enough or smart enough or gosh, gosh darn it, people like them. Yeah. Like to that. turn it around over the weekend to make it a, a more competitive series. What was the big turning point over the weekend to get that momentum and take it right back home? They got hits. Oh, there we go. Sweet. <laughs> they started hitting. 
Friday they hit five home runs. It helped. You win a lot of baseball games when you hit five home runs. Thank you, and, John Madden. Yeah. Um, no, I mean seriously, they they basically outslugged Round Rock on Friday, and then Sunday they got a bunch of hits, but also their defense Sunday was the best that it's been all year. They turned a couple of double plays. Montero made a diving catch at third. They made all the routine plays. They made some tough plays. The the defense has been disappointing for most of this season, and I know that they are better than what they have shown defensively. And once they start playing defense the way that they have the ability to do, I think they're going to win a lot more games because they've just given away too many base runners, too many just extra 90 feet. And they did not do that Sunday. They were really good defensively. Just ending the game with a 4-6-3 double play. Um, first of all, I love ending games with double plays. Oh, it's, it's a beautiful so thing. It's, you know, the other team like, oh, we got a rally. Here we go. Nope, ground ball, 4-6-3 double play. It's over. Um, I think that did wonders for them. And, um, and I'm expecting them to carry that over this series, this week. Before we get into our impromptu wonderlick, one of the most popular nights of the year tonight, 50-cent hot dog night at the lab. Did your doctor tell you not to have eight or nine hot dogs tonight? Or you, how, what's your over under? Good question. You guys want to take a guess of what my of what my number would be tonight? You tonight, before, during, and after the broadcast, because you're vegan, you will eat ten hot dogs. Van, well, I'm going to say a nice round zero, because me and you are in that veggie boat. So. I'm not a vegetarian, I'm not a vegan, but I don't eat hot dogs. I'll be zero. Uh, okay. Last Gross. time I ate a hot dog was July of 2020. No, 20, 2000. July of 2000. Oh, that's way farther. I that's... went to Dodger Stadium, and I heard all about the Dodger dogs my whole life, so I had one in the press box. I thought it was disgusting, and I've not eaten a hot dog since. Same thing happened to me with the Rolling Stones. Did you just okay. go dry on that hot dog, or is yeah. it mustard and onion and relish? That's I went, ointments I went are ketchup important. only. Oh, ketchup yeah, I'm only. an ointment guy. There's a problem. All right, Josh. A biker travels five feet in .5 seconds at this exact <laughs> speed. How far will the biker travel in a minute? Oh, man. So I'm going to need, like, a pen and a calculator. Uh-huh. And I can figure out an ERA. I can figure out an on-base percentage. I can figure out slugging percentage. I can figure out your batting average on balls in play. I can figure out your whip. I can figure out, um, you know, if you've hit 13 home runs in 47 games, I can figure out what pace mm-hmm. you're on over 150 games. I got no idea what that question is. All right, Van's got, got a guess. Okay. <laughs> and I hey, – Keep in mind, I'm sitting across. Yeah, you cannot cross see my the work studio station. from Brent. Right? Is it 600 feet? It is 600 feet. Papaya! All right. Uh, what is? All right. How long is a skein of yarn? Oh, you, now he's just <laughs> making stuff up. Yeah, yeah, he's totally making <laughs> this, stuff up. This is this is classic. Like knowing this stopped being fun <laughs> a minute ago. Yeah, the second that Mark Twain started putting his measuring stick to it, that's whenever. Josh, the uh, homestand tonight is going to be a good one. I think is it five out of six games or promo nights? Like there's a bunch of reasons to come out in the ballpark. Obviously, I will be there tonight. I'm going with a friend of the show, Ned James. We're going to hang out. We're going to enjoy the ball game. Um, what is the can't-miss night this week, Josh? Ooh, well, I mean, I mean, the great part of what we do is that we try to do a little something for everybody, yeah, right? smart. So it's a hot dogs tonight. We've got morning baseball. We've got brunch with the Topes on Thursday, right? Friday, bark in the park. And also have uh, those mariachi beanies. Saturday, Little League night, Women in Sports night, fireworks. Sunday, water bottles. Oh, that's that's. And Sunday's day baseball. 
So, again, we got morning baseball, we have afternoon baseball, and we have night baseball. I don't know if you caught the Joe West interview, which aired right before you, but uh, we asked, and, yeah, Joe's still selling a couple albums a week, so who knew? Cool. I, I heard the last uh, about six or seven minutes of it. I mean, nice of him to take the time, right? It like, was. I mean, he's a guy, I mean, he's out there. He's, he's making big moves. He's a podcast guy now. I'm a fan. That's all. That's Why all wouldn't you be a fan? That's all I'm trying to say, boys. Josh, what time's the first pitch? First pitch is at 6.35, All right, so and the uh, on-deck show is at 6.15. And, um, Fred, you were there when Clint Hurdle and Todd Helton spoke. By the way, I thought everyone asked really good questions today. Well, yeah, because you led the pack. No, it was uh, – no, J.J. Buck started us off. Hey. No, like I'm not, I'm not trying to be, like, joking. I'm, like, dead serious. I thought everyone asked really good questions, and I thought we got really good answers. I agree. Well, and also, like, isn't it fun to, like, see J.J. because he's full-on fan – but he's also sports professional. Yeah. Yes. So when he's like, he's like, excuse me, Mr. Helton. <laughs> I just, you know, as a kid, I had your baseball. Here's my question. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that was me when I met Ricky Henderson. I got to interview Ricky my first year with the Topes. He happened to be in Sacramento when, um, when that was the A's affiliate. And that was me. And uh, got an interview with him. And I was terrified. But I was also, like, excited. Josh, you know, 12-year-old Josh was out of yeah. his mind. I had, one, I had that same moment with Booker T. Booker T. When, when I met the five-time world heavyweight champion booker t uh-huh. i was like i was like this is it this is this i've made it to the pinnacle i'm at the top not the booker t who made green onions booker no. t and the mgs a it, wildly different booker t Dan, who would that be for you who would be your like oh my goodness yeah i can't believe met- i'm interviewing him uh it would be a fictional character probably somebody from the wire no, okay if i got oh, to meet come on. if i got to meet a fake person <laughs> if, we're, if okay if we're talking baseball probably lance berkman Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so is I've, he still a head coach at like at Rice or something like he's that? At or Rice. Houston Baptist yeah. or yeah. somewhere like that? I interviewed Lance Berkman years ago and uh he's very southern. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. The he still had a flip phone past the point where you should have a flip phone. And I was like, This this all tracks. This makes out. I would definitely go Killer Bees number one, but I got to hang out with them when I was a kid. So yeah. I've never met or known Lance Berkman, so I go Lance. And obviously the answer for all three of us is Mike Vital. Mm-hmm. Yes. There we Naturally. go. Josh, you're doing a killer job. I will see you this evening, and best of luck to the boys' night. Who's on the bump? Matt Dennis for Albuquerque. Oh, he's very good. And Emmanuel de Jesus for Sacramento. Okay, what's the hardest name? What's the hardest name to pronounce this homestand? The third baseman for the Isotopes. That's okay. That's not fair. I mean, <laughs> come on. Well, you I got a lot of practice. Seventy-five chances, and I, he he said it for me into my phone. I play it for the the PA announcer in every city we go. The radio announcer in every city we go, and we all look at each other, and we're like, really? Whenever whenever we get back, I took some highlights from the press conference today. We'll run them down to you. Josh, you're the best. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, buddy. I still have press conference after the break. Two men on, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pino Coffee. We play on Team I-9. Start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program, 6 o'clock. Welcome to Quentin time. I went earlier today, Michael, to a press conference for the Albuquerque Ice Tubs. They sat down, they set us down with Clint Hurdle and Todd Helton. I mean, some pretty, I mean, they don't get much bigger than that as far as Rockies names goes. They don't. And the boys are in town and they're helping the, uh, the Ice Tubs get their players together. So this, uh, this is the press conference today. I cut out uh, what I thought were kind of the highlights, and it's going to start off with a question from J.J. Buck, who hosts the morning show, and then it's going to take you right up to On Deck with Josh Sushan. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and here it is. Clint Todd, Oak Albuquerque. Uh, just 
What are your roles with the Rockies right now, and what are you guys doing in the, in the minor leagues, and kind of what are you trying to impart on Todd throughout this time? Well, we've both been brought on board uh, by Billy Schmidt to actually be special assistants for him. We've got different roles and responsibilities. The onboarding part of it is just to have some unbiased eyes, some fresh eyes, go throughout the minor league uh, player development system, uh, see our players, spend time with our staff, making sure we're in alignment from top to bottom and from bottom to top. Um, mine will be a little different in some areas as Todd. Todd's going to hand on with the players. He can provide. I'll let him speak to it. But, I mean, this is a rare opportunity for our minor league players that I don't think has been extended to him ever before, this capacity of player, Todd's experience, um, and absolute skill offensively and defensively to come spend some time with them. So we're just kind of ham and egging it together. Uh, again, thanks for the time. We appreciate appreciate this. Um, what specifically can you help a AAA player with in today's game? So often when we see offense at this level, particularly in this city with this climate, it's long ball, long ball, long ball baseball. Are there some finer points of baseball? Todd, I'd like to start with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that you can help these guys with at this level. Yeah, little things. These guys... Um, I mean, they're on the cusp of going to the big leagues. There's not too much you could tell them. Um, but I could work with the first baseman um, defensively. I think I could do a lot of help that way. Um, hitting, I mean, Checo does a great job. I'd just maybe be another set of eyes for him to see, uh, see if we can get the guys even better. Todd, after all the years that you've spent with this guy in the dugout on the field, what's it like now after your career, once again, reuniting with Clint and going around? And oh, it's, it's, I mean, we're only one day in, so I'll let you know by the end of the week um, how we get along. But, no, it's, it's, it's great having him here, um, being with me. I mean, he's, he's seen just a different perspective of, of what goes on. With being an ex-manager, can y'all just touch on you know what the city of Albuquerque is like as a minor league city? You know, I was a part of the the, the beginning when uh, I think it's Kenny Young got brought the franchise. We were coming in Colorado and actually playing some preseason games here, some exhibition games. Um, it's got its own set of unique challenges. I, I love the proximity to, to Colorado, the big league club. I, I think that's something more clubs are starting to figure out rather than trying to move a player from East Coast to West Coast when something happens overnight. You've got some similar dynamics climate-wise to deal with. Um, you know, the offensive brand of baseball can get ramped up here as it can in Coors Field. Um, the city in and of itself, from my understanding, I mean, you look at this ballpark, what, it's 19 years old? It's still pretty sharp. Um, and I've been here a couple different times. I've known John Traub for a long time, so I appreciate the effort, the community involvement. Um, it should be a AAA franchise staple. I don't even know what the attendance was last year. I didn't Google up and dig that deep. But hopefully they can give, give them a brand of baseball that's fun for the community to come out and watch and support because I do think people are looking for different ways to spend their entertainment dollars, and minor league baseball is still a very refreshing opportunity and change and economically feasible. You know, Todd, you, you talked about the mentality that you, you're just looking for as a player and the similarities between Albuquerque and Coors Field, home and away. What's the mindset to keep that consistency when you're getting away from your home? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, 
it's a question we, I think we're still asking. Um, it, it is harder to adjust when you go on the road and you get back to sea level. Um, breaking balls are a little bit sharper. Ball doesn't go as far. Um, so it, it's a big adjustment, and I think it's one that gets overlooked. Don't you? Well, I agree. And we've tried multiple devices. I mean, we used to bring a spin, a spin wiffle ball machine on the road to try and accentuate spring, you know, spin when we got on the road. I don't know if anything worked better than the other, but I think it comes down to a mindset as well. Winning baseball plays, whether you're at sea level, whether you're at 52, 52, 80. There were days in Colorado we'd have the conversation, if you brought the Braves into Colorado and played, they'd win games. Their pitchers would get people out. Maybe not to the same degree. So I think you got to change your mindset internally. That six innings, three earned runs is a quality start. There's days at Coors Field, six innings, five earned runs is a quality start. It's just the way it is. So those personal numbers got to kind of get pushed to the side. And you really got to kind of rebrand that team game. When you go on the road, keep the same mentality. One thing we did talk about in Colorado was I think we came up with a number. If we score four runs a game, we're going to win 90% of our games. 90% of your games is going to give you not 90, not 90%. You win 60% of the game, which will give you 90 wins. So either way, if you just find a way to score four runs, you kind of rearrange the furniture to look at it differently. Because early on, we were taking the same swings in Colorado that we were taking in San Diego and weren't getting the same results. That can get frustrating. That can get um, make people anxious make people fire earlier and count. So I just think it's it's not overplaying, but dealing with it realistically, hitting a line drive hard somewhere. Pitchers throw more homers than you hit them. Look for balls that are elevated in the zone, put a good swing on it. I just think it goes back to basic staples of hitting. The more the harder you hit the ball, the better off you are. The more people get on base, the better chance you get to score runs. You need to keep revisiting those staples. What is the uh, either advice or wisdom that you give to the young bloods today off the field? that came to you early in your career that you'd want to make sure to communicate? Um, I would say um, to take, take, a, take a football type mentality. Um, whereas, you know, um, instead of having a game every, every day, you have a game once a week. Yeah, and, but treat those games the same as you would a football game. Um, just with the intensity, with the focus, with not, not being present, being where your feet are, um, and going out and competing that day without worrying in the future at all. I think that's really good advice. I've got a 17-year-old son at home, and he's in a whole different sport. He rows a boat. He's in the crew. But the distractions that young people have today, late teens, early 20s, um, the fact that they're never not being seen. Um, and we got adults learning that the hard way out in public, that you're truthfully 24 seven, you're representing a name on the front of the Jersey. And it's not whether you like it or not, it's true. There's Albuquerque, Isotopes. You're part of that, there's a name on the back, which is your family. Keep that in place and understand that when you're out, when you're not at the ballpark, that there still is a responsibility just to, to do the right thing. And there's part of me that looks back, man, thank God there weren't cameras and, and flip phones and everything else back when I was running around at 20. However, this is, the, the, this is their reality, and they need to be smart, and they just they can still have fun. But understand that you're re representing things 
to a much higher degree than you probably think you are. Appreciate it. Since you touched on this just a little bit, but if both of you can address it a little bit, it seems to me that uh, there is more emphasis this year than maybe there has been in the past on winning at the minor league levels. Is that something you see changing around baseball, or you, or you just want to see it change in your organization? I think the I think it's just the Rockies. I mean, who knows what the other people are thinking? Um, but we want to win games. We want to find that culture of, of of winning baseball. I really think it's we went through a thorough internal 180 last year after some of the things that had happened in our front office, and I know the combination of Bill Schmidt, Dick Bonford's guys, but Billy Schmidt, Chris Forbes and Jesse Stender, the two guys that, that kind of look over our minor league operations. It was something that we became very intentional with. And we wanted it to happen organically. We wanted to have players conversations with the players so there's ownership. It's not just mandated. Um, too many times in life, you know, I just think the way that you look at it, well, winning doesn't matter. Well, you know, John Wood never talked about winning. He talked about being the best version of yourself. I get it. I'm not John Wooden. I talk about winning. There's certain things that need to be done to win, and it worked well for John Wooden. Um, I think it was a nice, the right time, the right opportunity for us to rebrand that thought and bring it to the forefront and to know that, you know, you meet the demands of the game, those tipping points that happen throughout the game, they can happen the first inning, the third inning. When you don't meet them, you lose games. When you do meet them, you put yourself an opportunity to win games, and I think the players that understand that better, it helps them. It's not all about them. You, know, you watch big league games. You watched the game in Philly last night. Our pitcher didn't throw that bad. Freeland didn't pitch that bad. We weren't able to catch the ball last night, which has been uncharacteristic. So he tries to pick up a team. It wasn't the pitcher's fault. But the team kind of, you know, we kind of let him down. When you get that win at the end of the night, there's no such thing as a bad big league win. You get 25, those 25 players are walking off the field. We want that same feeling to happen in these minor league from the ACL all the way up the chain to have that feeling walking off the field, they accomplished something together. Todd, what information did you like to know as a hitter? You know, everything being so data-driven. Yeah, like? I, I like to, to see what the pitcher threw when he had runners on base, when, um, you know, when his, when his butt was on the line. Um, what did he throw? How did he react? Um, what did he get outs with? Um, you can look at all the other stuff, but uh, and, and learn and learn from it, but until you see what's happening when they're in trouble, um, that's what you that's what you're going to get when you there is two men on base. How do you identify when the culture is really good in the clubhouse? Mm-hmm. What is that indicator? That's a tough one. It, it is a tough one. For me, the one thing I I'd always took to heart. As a player, and then as a coach, especially as a manager, though, when I walked through that door, I left behind what was behind. That was home, that was my house, and I needed to plug into what was inside. And I think you're looking for a team that walks in the clubhouse that day. You can't tell whether they won by 12 or lost by 12 the day before. And they're looking for what's in front of them today as a group. Because today's the only day we're guaranteed. What happened yesterday is done. Can we learn from it? Can we evaluate from it? Yeah, but turn the page on that one. Plug into this one. It's a vibe. It's a walk. I think you, you've spent enough time in life. You know when you go into a crowd or, or somebody's house, if you feel comfortable or not. 
I think you want them to feel comfortable. You want it to be a safe space. And I think you want to have one where they know they can go in that coach's office and sit down and have a conversation, and then go in that manager's office and sit down and have a conversation. So you get a little freedom to move around. You don't have to keep your seatbelt on the whole time you're there. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.